All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of Learning the Tropes. We have another virgin intro episode for you guys. This week, I'm so excited to be chatting with my dear friend, Selena Kopik. She is a former stand-up, a creator of NYT Vows, and host of the number one candle podcast, Two Wick Minimum. Hi, Selena. Hey, Erin. <laughs> Great to be here. Thanks so much for joining. Yes. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It is such a gorgeous day. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah. You just told me you're going to take a nice walk through the park after this. Yes. Very romantic. I know. I know. I'm excited. Hmm. Yeah. So these episodes, um, and you're the second person to do one of these episodes, <laughs> are basically... I'm going to be prescribing you a romance novel because you, uh, we got drinks a little while ago and you mentioned that this is a year for you of increased reading. Yes. And you want to kind of diversify that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mm -hmm. used to be, I used to sort of live by the phrasing that like fiction is BS and I really didn't enjoy fiction. I was a nonfiction girly. Um, and yeah, in this year, I'm trying to A, read more books and B, read more different books. So I'm really, you know, indulging in fiction more and really enjoying it. Um, you know, so I have like a good mix of fiction and nonfiction going on. But in particular, romance, I've never, I've never delved into romance at all, I don't think. And why do you think, like, you know, when you do think of romance is what comes up for you or like, what do you think, uh, why haven't you so far is just lack of opportunity? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I'm not really sure. I think that somehow, uh, I mean, because I remember in college, some of my sorority sisters would read romance and they loved it. So like, if we, you know, we would go like on spring break and they'd be, you know, and some of them would be talking about like, they're all reading this one. Um, I don't know. I sometimes got weirded out. And, and this is perhaps a totally ignorant comment or, you know, but I just thought about like, reading sexy stuff uh, just I don't know it kind of like make, it gave me anxiety I don't know like I just was like can I read about sexy things like so um yeah <laughs> I don't know and maybe you know perhaps it's a complete prejudgment of what it, the format is you know but uh, yeah I just it sort of never uh, I never had like an on-ramp into that world so but I think if I'd cracked one I probably would have been like oh hey but like I haven't even cracked one so this is yeah. truly my first time be gentle <laughs> <laughs> they are sexy so you're right and also okay. as you know you're also a new englander as am i or former new englander the idea that you would be nervous about people in the world under knowing that you had an understanding of sex you know that tracks <laughs> oh. oh yeah i mean could you get more of a repressed wasp no you can't okay yeah i know like i think i was just like yeah i don't know i think it, yeah it, uh, uh, yeah, it just it wasn't in my wheelhouse, but I'm excited for it to be in my wheelhouse because I'm 40, 43 years old and I can do what I want, you know? Exactly. <laughs> you know about sex. Exactly. I am familiar with it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Well, but you do lead a pretty romantic life in that um, you are the proprietress, the the curator of NYT Vows, which is an Instagram and Twitter account. Yes, where that, I yeah. yeah, like lovingly mock the New York Times wedding section, but also like wedding culture in general, courtship rituals, um, dating, like, you know, it's just there's such a right, there's so much to mock within that world. So yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. Like, indeed, I am often thinking about romance and 
you know, because, yeah, like romance and dating stories and, you know, and mining my own, like, performer dating life for stories or, or, or reading the New York Times wedding section and getting inspiration from some of those courtship stories. So, yeah, I am in the romance lane personally myself, too. So, yeah, it's weird that I never crossed the bridge into romance books. Yeah. But what I love, too, is uh, about New York Times va- NYT vows, which I think I started following before I knew it was you. Well, I think yeah. I was like, oh my god, I love fan. that because I used to the first. I mean, I've been doing it now. I think eight years, which is so nuts. Mm-hmm. But the first few years, I was I didn't want people like it was totally no one knew it was me, and just because I thought there was some freedom in that, and just you know, because especially like the New York Times wedding section used to be all like Mayflower lineage, like it was all about old money New York Mayflower connections. So I would you know I have this voice where I kind of am of that you know it's like an old grand dame who is out of touch with normal people and all she cares about is drinking gin and tonics and hanging out at the country club. So at first I was almost worried that people would think I was like mean and snobby if they knew that it was actually me behind it. So mm-hmm. I was, I never reveal, I wouldn't reveal who I was. I would just retweet this account, you know? Um, and then eventually I was like, eh, why not get some of the glory for this? You know, <laughs> it is me. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and yeah. if you know my, my family history, it makes a whole lot of sense, you know? Yeah. And you, but what I like about NYT vows, sort of how it changes now, it is a little bit more sentimental. Like you definitely do call out, like, this is a nice story. These <gasps> people are nice, sweet people. Well, thank yeah. you for saying that it's shifted in a good way. Cause some people are yeah. like, you lost your edge. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, listen, I mean, listen, I was never, because on sun, on Sundays, I do comment on the real New York Times wedding section. And these are real people. And this is the yeah. big, a huge day for them. Like they're in the times, you know, and, and, and the current, like the past few years, the section has really changed and evolved and like props to the times for being willing to kind of shift. Um, but the section has evolved so much. So like there aren't the old Mayflower people to make fun of anymore, you know? So I just... I, you know, I don't have it. I don't have the heart to mock, you know, because now it's often more so stories of like challenging courtships or challenging li- like life trajectories or kind of unexpected, interesting, different people. But um, yeah, so I just I'm like, I can't even mock that they all went to Princeton together. You know, like I'm it's just different source material. And yeah, like, I don't know. I think I like to think that on Sundays, maybe I'm a little soft and then Monday through Saturday I'm zinging, you know. You're zinging in the with your as your character who is somebody who is yeah who was as Mayflower lineage, but yeah I think it's easy to make fun of it when it's like a Whitney marrying an Astor who cares those people have enough money make exactly. fun of them they deserve it exactly. but yeah when it's like two uh, special ed teachers who met during COVID you're like okay well I'm not yeah oh my I'm not gonna touch that with a ten foot pole yeah but exactly because it used to be you know it was like comical and it was so easy to mock because they talk about like the family boat, you know, and <laughs> like just these name drops of all like, you know, was, yeah, exactly. Like old money or like, you know, so-and-so's great, great, great grandfather invented, you know, whatever thing that we all use today. And um, yeah, just sort of these insufferable people where, you know, it wasn't punching down. It was very much yeah. punching up. Um, and, but now exactly like there's just really lovely stories and, uh, and, you know, now they don't do just the shorter ones. They, it's All of them are kind of longer mini vows. So you really hear uh, the, the courtship, uh, you know, the kind of genesis of their relationship. And, you know, it's just hard to mock someone when you're hearing about, the, I don't know, just their whole journey, you know. 
Yeah. Well, and our friends, and actually the friend that introduced the two of us, you got her into the vows for her wedding. So that was Chelsea White and Tash Neal. If you want to look it up, their wedding was perfect. Oh my God. And yeah. And they, they were both the most lovely. Oh, they, I mean, and it's funny. Yeah. Like she, Chelsea was like, I only thought to even submit because of you, Selena. And, <laughs> and, and yeah. And then I was trying to weasel my way into be like, would, you know, like when Chelsea was talking to the journalist from the Times, you know, I was like, maybe you want to tell them that uh, I'm around, you know? And I mean, that who knows if they'll give me any coverage although i mean years ago i did get written up in the times tw- two to two times which uh props to them for being in on the joke and getting you know yeah. getting it um but yeah yeah it was very cool to see to, you know because chelsea would report in at every step of like oh my gosh we think we might get in you know and then their conversation with the journalists and stuff to see like oh this is how it goes and then yeah like they sent a photographer to T- chelsea tash's wedding which was so neat yeah. And then I remember when it was printed, we realized how few places carry the print version of the New York Times. Oh, yeah. Because I was coming home from like drinks or something. And I, I was a little tipsy. And I remember going up my the avenue near I, where I live and checking at every newspaper stand to see if they had the papers. Oh, yeah. And hey, I found them. Yeah, that yeah. next day we all went to the next day after it came out, we all went to that brunch and I brought my oh, hard my. copy, you know, physical copy and I was like wow this is a like I'm glad I mean I have a weekender subscription because I like to read it hard copy but yeah it's not that easy to find no and I tried to talk to the guy and I was like can you just give these to me because it's midnight and like nobody else wants these and he said no because they pay to take the papers back and I was like okay like the unsold one which I learned from newsies which is an important seminal text (laughs) We all know. <laughs> well, I didn't realize newspapers have remainders too. You know, it's like yeah. traditional publishing. Yeah. Wow. Um, also the big thing that you're known for, I mean many things, but is <laughs> two week minimum, which is the number one candle podcast. I was I was guest like two or one. I was up, I was early days. Oh yeah. Yeah, you were guest, yeah. I want to say two or three, because guest mm-hmm. one was Sue Funk, who launched it oh, right. with a bang, I think. Um <laughs> yeah, she had a story of like her dorm in college catching fire because of a candle, oh, which Jesus. like yeah, I was like, that is just what we're looking for on this podcast. Um but yeah, you were a fantastic guest. And then you did you came back to do the the holiday candle roundup, which oh, yes. was a very popular episode. Um <laughs> and I'd love to have you on again. But no, listen, I'll come back anytime. The best is that as I was going to do the holiday candle roundup and I was packing up all my candles when <laughs> I lived in Queens and I was coming to visit you in Brooklyn with all of them. And Pat, my husband, Pat, was like, oh, so you guys, it's like a launching point. But then you guys, it, it ends up being just a podcast where you just talk about whatever. I'm like, no, we stick pretty hard to candles. <laughs> I know. I mean, honestly, when I like initially, this whole concept was kind of a joke. Like, because mm-hmm. I think there's it's there's nothing funnier to me than the fact that it's a podcast about candles. Like the medium doesn't serve the message. You know what I mean? Like Aww. there's no visual representation. You cannot smell it. Like you're just <laughs> listening to people have a conversation, but indeed it is earnest. We are not going on too many side, tre- you know, like, no. uh, yeah, like it is just candle convo, but like, yeah, I mean, I just today released episode 52. So like, oh, yeah, wow. I mean, there's a lot of candle conversation to be had and it's been neat. You know, like sometimes I have friends on, I have, I've had a ton or uh, quite a handful of people with their own um, candle companies and brands of candles. I had the lead singer of rock band Gaslight Anthem, which like he is a candle boy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's a really fun podcast. And, you know, as you know, I started it during the Trump administration and I was like, I just need some kind of escape, you know? Um, But it's a whole lot of fun. It's great. Well, there's nothing more joyful than candles and getting a candle and gifting candles and yeah, yeah, getting into it. 
And it's funny because yeah. I think a lot of people like sometimes I'll approach people and be like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And people are like, oh, I don't know if I have a candle story like or a candle journey. I'm like, everyone does, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, like listeners to, to your tropes, like to learning the tropes, like literally think yourself, like, do you have a candle journey? Yeah, you do. You do. Like, you know, maybe you had an older sibling who introduced you to candles or like you used to go to Bath and Body Works or, you know, like, yeah, it's just interesting how everyone I don't know, has these ways that that's been in their life. And like, I don't know, I feel like even I could probably take anyone off the street and be like, trust you have a candle story, you know? Yes, a hundred percent. And there's so much about scent and memory and how connected those two things are that it's like, once you get people talking about it, I, I think it grows and people oh. really, yeah. It's oh, something totally. to connect to. Oh, I know. Oh, it completely is. Also, I was just thinking, wouldn't that be insane? You know, like Billy on the street where he just like goes up to people and is like, ah, wouldn't that be crazy if I tried to do that? Where I was like, you have a candle journey. Tell it to me. You know, just to like random people on the street. Oh my <sighs> God. But I think people would. That's what you should do in Prospect Park this summer. Just go around nutcracker, like follow the nutcracker yeah, lady and just. Yes. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, uh, you seem loosened up. Want to tell me about your candle journey? I do. I do want to diversify my episodes a little bit. Like we've talked about like maybe one on location somewhere or like going candle sniffing or something, you know, just something a little different. I mean, I think you should go to the Yankee Candle Factory. Yeah. Go to Mecca. I know. Wait, I so that's in New Hampshire be. or Massachusetts? I, th I think it's in Massachusetts somewhere. Okay. Return to my yeah. homeland and go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be rad. Well, so speaking of your homeland, of and we, you're from outside of Boston, yes. not Boston. No, yeah. yeah, I'm from Weston, which is like near Wellesley, oh, Waltham. Um, yeah, it's like 12 to 15 miles outside of Boston. All the W's. I know, um, yeah. <laughs> so I love hearing about your parents because it's such like a unique story. And I don't know, maybe I, I should have asked you before we started recording if you're comfortable talking about them, but like just in a general sense, sort of what they're love story was yeah no I think it's fascinating so they yeah. my mom grew up sort of upper east side but also Connecticut Swiss boarding school and then also um you know uh, Nightingale Bamford on the upper east side um and you know her her family was very connected they were in the social register you know very involved in New York stuff uh her mom was a dancer in the Ziegfeld Follies so she was like a showgirl oh and married a guy much older than her and you know um, and that's my grandma, you know, like, or my grandmother was the Ziegfeld Follies dancer who, you know, had my daughter, my, my mom, Susan, um, and she had, you know, quite a few siblings, but yeah, so, she, you know, she had this sort of very elite upbringing and my dad grew up in Arkansas, Missouri, um, in, uh, you know, a very different socioeconomic background and got a full scholarship to college locally in, um, Springfield and then went to Harvard law school and really, you know, I mean, I just admire his tenacity and his um, hard work so much. So my, then my parents met in Cambridge, Massachusetts, when my mom had kind of like moved away from New York, didn't really want to do the scene anymore. And my dad was at Harvard Law. So I felt like when they met, they were in like these kind of reversed contexts of how they grow up. And um, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, and now they've they dated for two months, got engaged, got married within six months. And they oh just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, I know. Yeah. Which like, I mean, he's a Republican. She's a Democrat. Like, it's just so <laughs> like, it's so, you know, opposites I mean, attract. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they have such opposite, you know, childhoods and young life. Um, and so it's so funny that they kind of came together in this really strong bond. Um, but, you know, I mean, 
I, I think of like Billy Joel's Uptown Girl as very much like kind of their love story, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, it's, it's what a whirlwind romance. I don't think I realized that they had got married within six months. Yeah, That's it was insane. very quick. I mean, I think it was also because I think my mom was like, pushing 30 which like in that era was like whoa 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 you know so I think the whole family was like let's lock this down you know like Susan's practically an old maid you know which is so bonkers like but um but then you know from that my mom shared with me and my sister such great lessons about like you know moving to different cities in your 20s and having your own money and having your own career and you know like which I think was very pioneering for that era oh yeah in the 70s 100 percent to have her and also, like, everybody should have their 20s. Every yeah. woman should have her 20s. I think, yeah, I'm like, don't, anybody out there, don't get married before you're 30. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I feel like it's yeah. such a thing that they try to get these women to get married when they're so young in, oh, like, the suburbs and stuff, it feels like. And it's like, no, there's so much out there. Oh, I know. You'll be fine. I, oh, yeah. So, yeah. My mom always said, don't get married before you're 30. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like I took that to heart. And now I'm 43 and unmarried. <laughs> so still, still. <laughs> um, but... But yeah, I mean, in my 20s, like I lived in Chicago, I lived in Boston, mm-hmm. I had a ton of different jobs, like I found jobs in the newspaper, you know, like, I'm so proud of all the things I did in my 20s and in my 30s, you know, like, there's just so much world to explore before you kind of, you know, are, are maybe settled into a, you know, I don't know, into a thing where it's harder, like, it's just lovely to have a period where you're just making decisions for you. You know, like if yes. you want to move, you're, you're moving. It's not like, Oh, I have to think about my partner's career as well. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just to know we when we were in New Orleans recently and um, we did this ghost tour being uh, our also very dear friend we have together, Rebecca. Um, and the ghost tour, there was these two like 24 year old girls who were on the tour with us. We all, it ended at this like cocktail bar. So we ended up all having a drink together. And we were just these old, like pushing 40 women. <laughs> and we were like, live. And the 24 year old was like, do you think I could ever move to New York city? I'm like, girl, tomorrow, do it. I'm like, who cares? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know you very well. You seem very together, but I'm like, bigger dummies than you have done it and you can do it and just do it because also just move home if you don't like it exactly it's like this is the time to just like take i mean it's always the time to take big swings but especially in your 20s you should be doing like you should be moving to a city just because you're like oh let's see how it is exactly oh totally i feel like and now there's such a better awareness of like you can move to a city or you could go there for three months and sublet a place and see what you think you know like i think when when i was younger like I very much like moved all of my possessions to Chicago and like was there for almost a year, kind of went through a crippling depression, moved back home. But like, <laughs> but you know, I feel like now there's such that a- That seems way- to be like not uncommon with people I know who go to Chicago, discover <sighs> a mental health crisis. Yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. So I was like, have you ever lived through their winter? Okay, that is like, <laughs> I moved there in like September and I was like, the city rules. And by November, I was like, I must leave. And then it only got worse, you know, like it only got worse. Um, yeah. yeah. So then by the time it got warm again, I was like, well, I've decided to leave, you know, but, um, but yeah, like long way of saying, I feel like now because of the, like, there's such an awareness of like, oh, wow, you could just stay somewhere for three months and kind of dip a toe in a city of like, mm-hmm. would I like it here? Or even like a couple weeks or, you know, like it's, yeah, it's such a different world, but God, it is such a great time to just bounce around and try new things. And yeah. And like, just take a job if you don't like it okay, you could give it six months and then you could go somewhere else. You know, like yeah, nothing exactly. has to be forever. 
Yeah. And I think that's a, that's the crippling anxiety that I think of your 20s is people try to impress upon you. Like every decision you make now is going to ripple for the rest of your life. And it's like, eh, it's not really true because yeah. you'll see everyone around you making weird, bad decisions nonstop. Exactly. <laughs> and ultimately everybody ends up fine. So like yeah. you're good. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, yeah. I find it fascinating. Like I look back on people I went to college with or high school with and it's just so interesting, like kind of where people ended up, you know, and like yeah. who ended up running their own, you know, MLM or, you know, like who married and had multiple kids or like, it's just, and often it's not surprising, you know, like yeah. I feel like often where people end up, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I could have seen that coming, I guess, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, to get back to the task at hand, yes. now yes, that yes. I feel like we know a little bit more about, well, you know, we, we've chatted a little bit and you, I accidentally tipped my hand because obviously I've known you now for like quite a few years. Yeah. You were on my old podcast, Ghosted Stories. So I feel like I know a good amount about your, what you were looking for. And this was before now you've been with your um, boyfriend who you lived with, who's the sweetest, Aaron, for a while now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've been together like three and a half years, which I cannot believe oh because yeah, before that, my longest relationship was five months. Like, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I know. Well, yeah, but before that, you know, I remember the kind of guys that you were <laughs> going after. We definitely <laughs> talked about it. So I didn't realize that you were in the Learning the Tropes troop because I posted there because I was like, guys, I need some good blue collar guy, blue collar <laughs> recommendations <laughs> because that's what I pictured for you. Oh, now, yeah. am I on base, off base, sort of? What did you think when you saw that? Like. Oh, well, I was like, this is about me for sure. You know, like, um, well, because, yeah, I mean, gosh, the archives of my dating life, you know, it's like FDNY, firefighter, you know, fire department of New York, um, an FBI agent, a DEA agent, a guy who was in a motorcycle gang, a guy who I'm pretty sure had just gotten out of jail, um, you know, just an assortment of characters. And yeah, no, actually, my friend George jokes around, he's like, Selena, you only date two types of guys, cops or criminals. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> great. Yeah, that's not untrue. Um, but yeah, I mean, also, I just, I always preferred blue collar guys. I prefer guys who actually do something with their hands. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and like, and I feel like I, I, every time I tried to date outside my type and like I dated like one finance guy, I dated one dude who was a publicist, like it always went horribly. Like I don't, mm -hmm. especially rich guys, especially finance guys, like it just never worked for me. Um, and I think, you know, yeah. maybe, I don't know, like I went to college with a lot of pretty wealthy guys and, and I grew up with, you know, pretty wealthy guys and I just never was into that. I find it really off-putting. So, um, so yeah, I mean, my lane is blue collar, baby. <laughs> um so i have two books that i think i'm trying to decide which one so maybe what i'll do is i'll pitch you each okay. and then you tell me which you're gravitating towards okay cool so the first one is called nobody's baby but mine by susan elizabeth phillips susan elizabeth phillips is psychotic in the best way all of her books are just off the wall but She's such a talented author that she like pulls it off. Okay. So nobody's baby but mine is about this woman and she's a scientist and she's very smart and she decides that she wants to have a baby. Um, but her entire life she's been ostracized because she's so intelligent. So she decides she wants to have a baby with a dumb hot guy. Mm. So she finds a dumb hot guy <laughs> to trick into getting her pregnant this is bonkers this is bonkers oh my god it he is. ends up being a baseball player and 
he finds out that she did this and then she's using pissed. him for it yeah yes <laughs> he's like because oh he's don't like, oh, oh my god oh my god that's so amazing and so then they have to kind of he's like well i'm i'm not gonna let you like do this without like do this without me and then they end up obviously like um building a relationship oh my god so that's it. nobody's baby but mine which okay. is cuckoo bananas yeah and then um the other one is it happened one summer which is by tessa bailey it is about this girl who is a like a super party girl in la and she keeps like getting into trouble because she kind of like is really out there and flashy and she <clears throat> ends up getting exiled to um this small fishing town where her father who died before she was born, I was born and raised and is left this old bar. So she and her sister go to try to fix up the bar as they're to show their stepfather and mother that like, like we're not losers. Yeah. And they go. And of course she meets the local, like, hot fisherman dude who is like oh these city girls we don't like them and he's like oh this grumpy man and obviously they end up falling in love so that's what happened one summer yeah both of them sound amazing yeah i think that it happened one summer appeals to me more only because i don't have kids i'm not gonna have kids i don't want kids so like I find it very odd. Like, and I'll sometimes read things about people who really want kids and like, that's great. If that is what you want, like rock and roll with it. Um, And I have, you know, friends who want kids and are maybe having a hard time, uh, you know, going through like, and and I have so much heart for that. And, but I, I wholly cannot understand it or relate to it at all because like the one thing I've always known my whole life is I don't want kids. So I think I'm down to be, to read about the LA party girl opening a bar. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I although, think as I was dumb, yeah. sounds fun too, but I think, yes. yeah. I think, well, this is just your first one. Yeah, and I yeah. think it happened when summer is a fantastic first, first romance novel. And then you can co- sort of graduate up to nobody's baby, but mine or really any Susan Elizabeth Phillips, because they're okay, all okay. insane. There's okay. one about a woman who gets sold to a man. And if this is a contemporary at a circus and she can talk to the animals telepathically, the man is also a Romanoff and an art collector wow (laughs) oh my god yeah i mean i wonder i don't know if you ever do returning like i know this is my first time but perhaps i could return to discuss the other one too i don't know i'm not trying oh yeah trying to rebook myself already no listen (laughs) come back i would love that i think it'd be so much fun a hundred percent but i think what happened when summer is going to be fantastic tessa bailey is also she's the queen of dirty talk Mm, okay her heroes are all like that and she also is a fantastic first one for you now this is all opening up as to why this all makes sense she does write like kind of exclusively blue collar heroes okay like that's really her sort of niche so um and i think she lives on long island too she's like a local girl cool yeah awesome so i will be sending you it happened one summer and do you let me know if you want a physical copy or kindle I don't do Kindles. Yeah, I would love a physical copy. I read everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I work in publishing and I read my books. I'm, you know, like I mean, we're a lot of us are at computers all day. So mm-hmm. I just my favorite thing is to read a physical book. You know. Gotcha. No problem. Yay! Thank you. So awesome. Yeah, I'm so excited. So then, and maybe this is for after, but like, is there a timeline? Like, when is the book report due? <laughs> we could talk about that after okay, okay. <laughs> but i think we'll have i mean just because i think it would be boring for people to okay, listen yeah, to okay. but um 
but before we go, so in the time before we people would be listening to your next episode, we obviously want them to catch up on two week minimum, yeah. be following New York Times vows. How can we reach you? How do yes. we get to you, Selena? Great. Yes, yes. I love a little self promo plug. Um, yes. So I, my New York Times vows is on Twitter and Instagram, and the handle is at nytvows. Um, and those, I'm just popping off with jokes all the time. And then on Sundays, I kind of address the real section. Um, and then two wick minimum, you can find it anywhere you get your podcast. It's T W O W I C K minimum. You'll know you're at the right podcast because you see my face inside a flame. <laughs> it's, it's the a, most it's insane so logo. <laughs> also, someone pointed out they're like, but your logo is one wick. And I'm like, oh my God. Like it's called two wick minimum and the logo is a single wick. But whatever. I'm not, I wasn't thinking about these things when I launched this labor of love. Um, but yeah, two wick minimum available anywhere you get your pods. And, and then I am on Twitter and Insta, Selena Kopic, S-E-L-E-N-A-C-O-P-P-O-C-K. Um, on Twitter, I kind of pop off with dumb, bad, like cheesy jokes. And um, yeah, and on Insta, it's mostly just pictures of me bopping around and, you know, but that's- You yeah, post that's a lot of really beautiful, like New York City, Brooklyn photos. I do Thank really you. love those. That's one thing I've tried out. to get more into. Like, I just love- I don't know, to almost give myself a, an assignment of like, just look around and try to see beauty and try to see a nice sunset and the way it hits the bricks or, you know, like, and to not overthink it, you know, like, I just like, if I see something, I'm like, oh, that looks nice. Take a pic, post it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I thank you for noticing that. No, that's what they say. Glimmers, like that's the new thing instead of um, triggers. Like <clears throat> what are the things that bring you little shots of joy? Oh, that's really cool. Nice. I really like that. Um, also, I did introduce you as a former stand-up, but if you want to return to that time and when Selena was not a former stand-up, she has an album, Seen Better Days, right? Yes, it's yes. on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your albums, Seen Better Days. It's like my it's my work that I'm the most proud of of anything I've ever made in my life. And it's like super fu- super funny. <laughs> it's <laughs> if so I do funny. So myself. I was there, I think, both nights. I think I mm. saw it twice during the recording. So you might hear my laugh there yeah. in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can hear Chelsea introing me being like, she's, oh, she loves yeah. a foundational layer, which is a reference to, <laughs> to what I do at the beach. You know, you got to bring a foundational layer, layer to the beach. <laughs> I feel like we, you do need to come back and we need to talk picnic prep and beach prep because that could be an entire episode. Oh my God, I Maybe we'll stuff. carve out some time in the episode and the next time we record to talk about it because you really open up a, ho- a whole new world for me oh, yeah. as far as how to go, how to park, how to beach. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm really into, you got to bring the right stuff. And I mean, it all begins with a foundational layer. Like when I see people <laughs> at the beach and all they have are towels, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, your towel's gonna get so sandy. Like you should bring an old sheet or a tapestry, and that's the foundational layer. Actually, for my birthday, just you know, a few weeks ago, my boyfriend got me a new foundational layer, <laughs> and I was like, "You're so the we know he's the one." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, "This, yeah, truly." I was like, "You see me," mm. <laughs> and my foundational layer. I love it. All right. Well, so there's lots of media for you to check out with Selena. She's prolific. I love it. Um, And I'm so excited to have you back. And thanks so much for joining. And if you guys have any suggestions for me, you could always uh, email me at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com on Twitter and Instagram at learningthetropes. And then also there's a video of this episode on our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com and search Learning the Tropes, you'll find us there. Videos from most episodes are available as well if you guys want to have a visual experience as well. All right. Well, until next time, happy reading, everybody. Bye.